Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, making a welcome return to the studio was John Culshaw, impressionist. Yeah, he's on good form. He's got an original Christmas song out. Um, and he went through some fine sporting impressions and others for us. Of course, we spoke about the World Cup. Danny Kelly joined us uh, to do that with his thoughts on the tournament and indeed the final. We had a bit of a chat. We had a chat about it too before we got Danny on. Yeah. And you may have seen uh, a clip because it's gone viral today of a, um, a Argentinian-born commentator who works on American TV uh, with Spanish commentary, Andres Cantor getting very emotional in mm. that big moment when the final penalty was scored. Well, we had a chat with Andres and uh, you'll find out a bit more about him and how it was in the moment for him. So here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yep, good afternoon. And what a final, what a what a World Cup. And uh, it was tremendous, but I've, I've worked out it was in spite of Qatar, not because of it. Right. It's football that's fantastic, not Doha. That's why I can't stand Infantino. He's ambushes the game drives me mad <clears throat> it, you know the reason it was great is because football is the yeah. greatest game it's you know and that's what was fantastic about it It was nothing to do with Qatar really don't take run take the credit honestly maybe because it was a winter world cup but uh, you know and it doesn't matter if it was the greatest match of all time don't compare it just enjoy it for what it was yeah that's what I, I mean say. it's not worth going through game by game is it really and we no. all enjoyed the moment but it was I mean it just when you look back on it and it's almost like one of those games you feel like you could watch again and still get yeah. plenty from there were just so many moments weren't there there were so many key moments even uh, my wife surprised me I mean she hasn't watched a game since 2018 the world cup final and she <laughs> said to me before the game <laughs> I want to watch the second half. I said, okay. So she did. She watched the second half. She really goes for the big events. Oh, yeah, she only likes the big ones. But even in the second half, she's probably thinking up to 80 minutes. And I was complaining because I didn't think... When they took Di Maria off, I thought that was a mistake at, at the time. Yeah. And it looked it, didn't he? I was oh, quite yeah. shocked. And I was going on about it. And she said to me, can they bring him back? I said, no, they can't. It <laughs> <laughs> would be great. Scaloni goes over the ref and said, I've made a terrible error there. I've taken him off. But clearly I shouldn't. Is there any chance? Is there there a possibility and what about Marciniak mm. what a game he had I mean he was he was key to that you know a mm. duff ref could have made that a poor game mm. and there was a lot of petty fouling going on as you'd imagine in a game like that it was a, and it was quite stop start but you never noticed it because he did such a good job he was a brilliant know? referee yeah. absolutely and uh, I was going to go to the uh, 
local branch of the Buenos Aires Steakhouse to celebrate the uh, win until I saw Salt Bay on the pitch oh yes uh, with the World Cup so I went to his place ordered a thousand pound gold steak and put it on Infantino's tab yeah that's a very free good steaks idea. for everybody yeah what was he doing on the pitch I don't know there's, there's some it. lovely footage of him trying to sort of um, get a hold of Messi and have a moment with oh, him yeah. and Messi is clearly not interested no no his picture Salt Bay's picture is of Messi and him he's looked like they're big mates but then when you see the footage that yeah. boy, get out leave get me away. alone Security, he's clearly shouting. Well, remember the name Gonzalo Montiel because he's going to be a trivia question for about the next 25 years, isn't he? You can just sit, you're sitting in a pub, you're sitting in a pub quiz. They say, one more question then, football. Who scored the winning, it's not the obvious one, Mm. who scored the winning penalty for Argentina in the 20, it'll be one of those. He's he's always going to be a little um, trivia footnote, isn't he? I love I love FIFA though they they infantine banned the one love armband because mm. there's no politics in football but it's okay for Messi to don uh, the bish the traditional Arab men's clothes yes. that's not a statement at all um, it's <clears> brilliant <throat> isn't it nice observation from um, my missus saying. That would make a nice beach cover-up for Messi's wife <laughs> yeah, after the tournament. Maybe she'll use it like I that. think that's quite a unique take, isn't it? I'm thinking, well, she she's probably got quite a few of those Versace <laughs> ones, I would imagine. But you're just thinking, maybe he did take it home and say, yeah, next time we're on the beach. It's great, isn't it? You wear that. Look a million dollars. The, yeah, um, it did feel like it was slightly... I mean, I've seen people comparing it to... Palais in 1970 in Mexico putting a sombrero mm. on but that was a choice and a moment of exuberance it yeah. wasn't someone saying was forced to put it go on put on yeah because mm. you know they all, they thought always in that picture always for eternity you'll be wearing that and they'll say oh yes of course that was the Qatar World Cup uh, wasn't it? Infantino and the Emir fighting over the trophy it was like Pelé yeah. and Blatter in 2000 yeah. so unseen <laughs> you never thought you'd Honestly. see a worse moment than Pelé and Blatter <laughs> oh, but yeah bad. we, we but managed it, it. it's very interesting the tra- I, I never get this I mean I love sport and I love football, but I never get this idea that somehow it has this transformative effect mm. of winning. I mean, in, in Argentina, they did a, a statistic, they did a survey before the final. Would you rather on Monday that inflation was over or that England had won... Uh, England! Uh, sorry, Argentina had I won the World... I think we all know what they would have said to that you know, question. You know what yes. I'm saying. Argentina had won the World Cup and they all went with the World Cup. Yeah. And they've got 85% inflation. So, you know, you, you wake up, you've won the World Cup, it's fantastic, you've all been in the... But your life still goes on. It's still a nightmare. I don't get this idea that somehow winning the World Cup will transform a whole country. I don't think it does. But, yeah. you know, they obviously not bothered about that. No, they're looking point. at the uh, the jam today thing. We're going to have a mm. chat with someone over in Buenos Aires a little bit later on. And maybe we'll, we'll, we'll mm. touch on that, the feeling that they would rather win the World Cup than uh, bring their ridiculous level of inflation down. Um, we saw some footage, mm. Andy. You showed me some footage of uh, people in the streets of Buenos Aires doing the Emmy Martinez dance <laughs> after he saved the penalties. The <laughs> thing he, with the shoulders, the arms. Dance, wasn't it? Pac-Man, was A bit wasn't better it? than the thing he did with the golden glove trophy. Yeah, that's true. We'll, we'll come on to that with Danny. Um, everyone's doing the Martinez so um, <laughs> do you know what the derivation of that is where does that come from that yes. little dance that I don't know doing? what the dance is whether it's to do with the cartoon figure that he's nicknamed yeah after. so tell us about this he's named because I had to ask because I didn't know Messi- Dibu I thought why is he called Dibu and mm. it is apparently named after him but he's quite freckly and apparently the the character have a look him up and google him okay so Dibu is an Argentinian cartoon character mm. that he looks a bit like when he had freckles when he was young yeah I thought it was because he had big hands this thing but it's not it's nothing to do when with he it. was called Damien the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast 
from TalkSport. Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Time then to reflect on uh, an incredible World Cup final in the company of the man off. And joins us, of course, around this time on a Monday. Normally a look at uh, domestic matters, but yet we'll go global today with Danny Kelly. Hi, Danny. Domestic matters makes me sound like I'm a relationship counsellor. But I'm sure you do a fine job. Yeah. I think I would. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. You're, now, are you all good? We're yeah. not too bad, thanks, Danny. Yeah, and look, it's you know, as, as we all get older, we, we we struggle a bit. We're hyperbole, and when people t- when the kids say mm-hmm. that was the greatest game of all time, you're thinking, well, hang on there, and you're, you're everybody's mm-hmm. loath to actually make that call. But you know, I think I think it makes it makes its own case that match, doesn't it? In a lot of ways, uh, yes, it does, and it also demonstrates once again why oh. football is is the most widely watched sort of human entertainment in history so far because let's be fair um, for an hour that was not the greatest World Cup final in history that was a bang average match with only one team in it Mm. but because football is so strange because a single unit of scoring changes the momentum so quickly um, that once France got the goal back um, then then, uh, then what we saw for the next hour um, was beyond theatre beyond writing beyond editing um, and at times had both the feeling of tragedy about it, Messi falling at the at the last, but also a sense of inevitability. Um, because, I, I, I mean, you, you can never tell. France should have gone on to win it once they got level, and yet something inside me kept saying, well, I, this is just Argentina's cup, you know, they, 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 are, they are destined to win it. But that, of course, is, is just superstitious nonsense. But, but it is the greatest World Cup final of my long time of watching them. Mm. Um, and you'd be hard-pressed because of the importance of the occasion, Paul and Andy, to find um, any final. You know, there have been dramas, you know, Istanbul, um, Liverpool, uh, in, in other finals as well. You'd be hard-pressed to, to, to say that they were, this is the greatest ever, ever, ever. But... It was fantastic. Let's leave it at that. It was yeah, fantastic. That's what I say. And uh, it's amazing. I'm fascinated how moments drive the narrative. Because that one save in the 123rd minute from Martinez. Oh, with from Mwani, stretching, one on one, yeah, yeah. Stretching his leg. If that had gone in, everything was different, wasn't it? The whole thing would have been completely different. It's just that. Messi, just is, Messi retires in tears as, a, as an international footballer. <laughs> the whole story is different. Nobody gets to wear the robe. It's all terrible, isn't it? <laughs> it's um, amazing. But, but even after that, Lautaro Martinez had the easiest headed chance. Yeah. How did he get the ball so far away from the goal from that angle? Amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's such a poor That's World Cup. It's, I think we're going to look back on it like a, a great old film that you really enjoy. And then mm. your comeback, it's a bit like when you watch The Godfather back and you think, well, that's my favourite bit. And then you say, well, don't forget about the Martinez mm. miss and the Marnie one-on-one. It's going to be like that. There's little bits of subplot in this game that and, we've and all Christian kind of Christian Romero trying, trying to break Hugo, Hugo Loris's ribs. That's, right. that's another little... <laughs> yeah. That's another little side Massive moment for Spurs fans. <laughs> that was bad, wasn't it? He definitely tried to do it. I was trying he to was think... absolutely brilliant, Romero, wasn't he? I mean, in yeah, both yeah, he ends good. of his game, he had a brilliant game as a footballer and did some tremendous housery as well. I heard of a... My friend told me this morning there was a university professor in... This is an intelligent man in Buenos Aires. He refused to watch the whole game in case he jinxed them, as if that would make a difference. And I'm fascinated by that because I was trying to think, who wouldn't be watching in Argentina? And the only people I could think of was the air traffic control. And I wouldn't have fancied flying into Buenos Aires. Right. <laughs> it wouldn't have been That's idea during true. the game. 
It's, uh, it's well, that'll be, the, that'll be the excuse that Christian Romero and Martinez will be using mm. for not turning up for training in six or seven days' time. Oh, air traffic control still a little bit dodgy there yeah. in Buenos Aires. There is a level of mania mm. in, in Argentina, and Andy was just telling mm. us earlier on that when faced yeah. with reducing their 85% inflation or winning the World Cup, apparently the whole country has gone with winning the World Cup, even though it's a fairly transient yep. thing. John Carling, who writes for the Sunday Times, who lived in uh, Buenos Aires wrote interesting piece uh, he said towards the end of Argentina's quarter final against mm. Holland nine days ago a bus was travelling through Buenos Aires otherwise deserted streets the driver had the radio tuned into the match the dozen passengers aboard were straining to listen when the penalty shootout began the bus screeched to a halt the driver had seen an electronic goods store with a television showing the game <laughs> he jumped out and the passengers young and old scampered after him they all stood in front of the shop window frozen to the spot until Lautaro Martinez scored the decisive penalty Terror gave way to jubilation. Complete strangers embraced as though they'd fallen in love. I mean, it is a, it? a level of mania we probably can't understand here. Um, is it because, and Andy, Andy knows far more about um, uh, Argentinian society than I do, is it because um, they've, they're slightly remote from, from their, the, the, a lot of them are, of course, transplanted Europeans, they're remote from their European roots, Andy. Is it because Brazil is such a huge physical dominating power um, in South America. I'm not, I'm not sure why it is. I think it's it just is. patriotism. I, I just think they love their country. Yeah. And they have a different... I noticed this when I first went and started watching football out there. They have a different attitude to opponents' mistakes. You'd have heard this in the... You know, if a French player just kicked the ball out, you'll hear whistles of derision. Whereas if that happens in an English game, you get ironic cheers yeah. of laughter. Mm, yeah. It's a mm. completely different approach to football in a way that we, we just don't have. But ours is great, but theirs is, it's different, that's all. I mean, and let's be honest, the, the, the story, and I, I didn't like the way the, the thing was personalised to, to be all about Lionel Messi, but I suspect, um, <clears throat> and Tim Vickery on Trans Europe Express has been warning me about this for 18 <clears throat> months, since before they won the South American Championship, that the group of Argentinian players had decided to subsume themselves in the Messi cult to try and get him to win these two trophies. Um, I don't think... Are Argentina a great team? But that's not what wins World Cups necessarily. France, you could argue, um, have a better squad of players. Um, And of course, I felt a little bit sorry for France Mm. as well, because truthfully, they were without maybe five, possibly six people who would have started... Um, if everybody was absolutely fit, as we saw against Tunisia, even even they don't have a bottomless um, bucket of talent. That their third team was no good at all against Tunisia. But um, you know, it would be churlish to pick on individual things like how poor the final had been for an hour. It's churlish to pick on all that because the story with Messi as a global figure in football um, and and even in just in, in beyond football in sport in general. Um, it's so irresistible. It's so wonderful mm-hmm. that he has come to a point in his career. I mean, I, I you know, you, you you see that he can't not wear the robe thing from the Emir because the Emir is his employer mm. through PSG. He's bunging him a million dollars a week. Um, you you can you can question his links with Saudi Arabia, all those things. But as a footballer, he has been an utter utter joy, and without any of the complications that surround, say. Cristiano Ronaldo, and to see him find a way to defy the years and to gather a group around him. I'm glad to see Lo Celso there as well, done so much in the qualification tournament, um, and, and, and get across the line. 
I think there'd be very few people in the world who didn't think that was a wonderful thing, if you're interested in football at all. No, that's very true. I agree with that, no question about it. And, uh, I mean, the second goal was a wonderful goal. I mean, it reminded me of a modern version of the Carlos Alberto goal, and Messi's part in that. Yeah, the part. He's trying to demonstrate to the wife what he did with his leg to get that ball. It's incredible. No, I don't think anybody else could have played that pass that set the move going. I mean, incredible. Well, there were, there were two round-the-corner passes, both of which just left the French team floundering. I mean, uh, and you'll forgive me, Andy, if, I, if, if this sounds a bit spursy, but there's also um, the very start of that move, and I'm not sure anyone's commented on this. Um, watch how they get the ball, um, Argentina. Mbappe drives at Christian Romero. Romero is beaten pretty much by Mbappe, but does just enough obstruction, and I would have given us a free kick against him, to, get the, to, to stop Mbappe getting that touch. The next touch is an Argentinian. The next time the French t- t- get the ball is to take it out of their net. Um, so even at the very top of the game, that was a brilliant goal, but it was it was helped along by a little bit of skullduggery right at the very, very mm. start. Um, but it was, it, it did remind me of Carlos Alberto's goal, um, although qu- slightly less than the nine Brazilians who touched the ball in that mm. move were involved for Argentina. But the two round the corner <laughs> passes... Um, that's what you watch the game for, isn't it? Sure. That's what you watch the football for. I did say a modern version because I know Paul's got a thing about yeah. Carlos Alberto's goal that he doesn't quite rate well, it as much as everybody I've else. I've got a thing about Carlos Alberto's <laughs> goal because Italy were on their backside. It, it, was, it was quite a slow it, build-up. It's the, it's the fourth goal in a 4-1. I'm not going to have that argument again. I don't. I think it takes the edge off that Paul, goal. It's a nothing actually, goal. Paul, <laughs> I'm going to re-edge it for you. Recently unearthed mm. film, and it's on, you can see it on YouTube, mm. uh, shows the goal from the other side of the pitch. You just never see it. Mm. Looks even better. Really, does from, it? From okay, that well, side, it looks even better. Well, well, I say the modern version because it's so much slower than the Italians than that are already one. on oh, the oh, plane. Oh, and, yeah. and I get the Italians had 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 played three days earlier. Now, mm. if that was the greatest World Cup final, to my mind, still the greatest World Cup match I've seen. Mm. Semi final between West Germany and Italy. The Italians had given their all in that, and you're absolutely right. How, where else would Clodoaldo be allowed five touches of the ball? Um, <laughs> you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a final, is it ridiculous? Just very quickly, as we talk, Andy talked about the narrative changing all the time. And even in that first 80 minutes uh, where nothing was happening for France, the story then was just how much they'd been sapped by this virus. And we were all sitting thinking, what's wrong with France? Yeah. They're just terrible. They're not playing, you know, they look, uh, they're playing a little, they're playing with a handbrake on them. We're thinking, oh, hang on, they probably are. More of them have been affected by what was going on in the camp. So I so say, even then, even when maybe the football wasn't as great as it could have been in some people's eyes. Mm-hmm there was still a real story behind it. And that would have been the story. It had gone to 90 minutes and been 2-0. It was the final France couldn't turn up to because they had a virus in the camp. Mm. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, I, th- I think I think the, the manager did... Uh, Deschamps afterwards just said, look, it was nothing. They were all fit. Um, I think time will, will tell whether that was true or not because how else do you account for the performance of someone like Dembele mm. who for 40 minutes could literally fell over his own shoelaces um, for, the, for the whole time? Um, I thought... The, the, I, I, I actually said to, uh, to the lady wife who was watching the match with me um, they should take Dembele off after half an hour mm. because they were getting overrun in midfield and he was causing more, more trouble before he gave away the penalty mm. to his own team. Um, I don't know, Paul... Um, whether the, the, they were they were damaged by that. What I do know is that Didier Deschamps has won a World Cup and got them through within a penalty shootout winning a second one without ever unleashing the actual talent in that French team. Mm. Um, my fear, 
because um, I suspect he will stand down and Zinedine Zidane will take over, is then you've got another ultra-pragmatic pragmatic manager. And yet, with Mbappe up front, with the players they've got coming through, Camavinga, mm. um, who was fantastic. Yeah, he yeah, great on. when he came on. Chua, Chua Maney, there's, I mean, there's dozens of them. Uh, I can't keep up on Trans-Europe Express with Andy telling me all the great players France got coming through. If they had won yesterday... I didn't think there's any reason to, to disbelieve the possibility of winning four in a row. Because mm. I, I make, you know, right now, if you were to say, who's the favourite of the next World Cup? You'd have to say France. Yeah. They've got yeah, loads th- of great players. And Mbappe will be 20, Six. 27. 20, yeah. Coming, or 20, mm. yeah. Coming into the next World Cup final. Amazing. This is what makes Gareth's job so difficult. I was thinking about this because, you know, people go, well, he's got to win in the Euros. But, you know, France are going to be in the Euros. And they've got great young players. It, no tournament is guaranteed. You know, you can't appoint Southgate and say, "Well, that's yeah. we're going to win it." You know, that's you just, so you need luck. You need, and you need a bit momentum of luck in those big moments. moments. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Well, Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talksport. Well, what would it have been like as an Argentinian having to call that moment in uh, commentary? Andrews Cantor was doing that uh, in the States for a Spanish-speaking audience. Uh, very well-known figure in uh, football in that part of the world. He's a uh, very seasoned commentator, but he is Buenos Aires born. And uh, this is the moment, the winning penalty. Va Montiel! Montiel! Goal! There we are. I think the yeah. voice had already gone a bit actually. Yes. <laughs> Not surprising. Uh, we're very pleased as Andres joins us now. Andres, good, uh, good afternoon. How are you guys? Thank you for having me on. Wow. Pleasure. Well, what a moment for you. I mean, it's. Uh, uh, I said, uh, we can hear the emotion. The emotion got to you, understandably. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, you have to understand that even though I'm Argentinian born, I've lived in the US for 45 years now. And I speak to a multi-ethnic audience in Spanish. Uh, you know, we are 60 million Hispanics in the U.S. So I, you know, tried. I always say that I would be a hypocrite if I say that I don't want Argentina to win the World Cup. Every time I, wor- I call a World Cup, and this was my 12th. But, uh, you know, I just couldn't hold on my emotion in that last penalty kick, the the roller coaster of emotions I lived and every Argentine lived in that final yesterday was unprecedented from 2 0 up, uh, you know, a dominant team over the other for 76 minutes. And then, you know, those two goals in, in two minutes by France going up 3 2, you know, again 3 3. And then the Penalty kicks? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but they I, did this I, in, the, in the World Cup, didn't they? They did it against Holland, the same thing. They really put the fans through agony, really, I think. Yeah, because, uh, you know, you, you know better than anybody that there is no deserved win in, in football. Either you win or you lose or you tie. But, I mean, uh, I, I really have not seen a more dominant final like yesterday until the 76th minute. Mm. Uh, I don't know what happened to France. And Argentina was playing superbly. And, you know, it would have been uh, so, uh, 
you know, so unlucky for Argentina not to win this, and and I mean, so so unlucky for Messi not to win the World Cup that you know he probably would have been hunted, hunted by, by you know what could have happened, but luckily for him and the Argentine national team did not happen. I mean, that's wonderful. Sorry, Paul. That's a wonderful bit of commentary, but I'd love to hear your commentary when in the 123rd minute when the French player was through. Yeah, Moani's one-on-one with Martinez. That was the thing, wasn't it, Andres? It was just... I mean, you've commentated on hundreds and thousands of football matches, and I know you've got skin in this particular game because you are Buenos Aires born, but still, can can you remember a game with that much drama, that much ebb and flow? No, no. Especially after, you know, the 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 first Fra- French goal. Uh I knew that something could happen because obviously the psychological moment uh turned around for France. They all of a sudden came alive. I mean, they were pretty much dead, uh, if you ask me, throughout the final, which was really surprising. And then the Shams taking out Giroud and Griezmann, who had for me was candidate to be the MVP of the tournament. And that last save, I was, uh, when I see Colo running, sprinting towards goal, I knew I had to refrain myself from thinking anything but to call my best goal in my broadcasting career because we were just witnessing history with the greatest World Cup final. And I really thought he was going to put it in the back of the net uh, thank God for Aston Villa, and uh, <laughs> I know they. That, thank God for Arsenal, who taught uh, Emmy Martinez all the tricks before he moved on to to Villa. But um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, not only that, but if you remember, after his save, the next play, uh, Argentina mm. had the winning goal in Lautaro Martinez. It went from Emmy Martinez, the goalkeeper, to Lautaro Martinez head. And I think he hit it with his shoulder. I mean, yeah. oh, my God. Oh yeah, my God. He's, a, he's a good player, but he had a poor World Cup, actually, didn't he? He struggled right the way throughout. Yeah, he did. He did. But, you know, Argentina's loss against Saudi Arabia was a blessing in disguise for this team because um, we had three players come on to the main 11. Uh, Enzo Fernandez, who is going to be the next great sale by Benfica. I wouldn't be surprised if he moves on in the winter. Uh, Julian Alvarez from City and Alexis McAllister from Brighton. I mean, they came on as as uh, mainstay players and had a great run from game two until the final, and that mm. changed uh, the Argentinian team. The the um, US, you've gone viral today, Andres, as you probably know, not just because of the the audio, but somebody was filming you. Uh, for the final penalty, have you, <laughs> really? Um, yeah, it's uh, and and the emotion. Have you have you watched that back? Yeah, I I, I have um, incredibly. You know, our audience is very loving here in the US, and I have I don't know a thousand reposts from that clip and uh, <laughs> in my Instagram story, and you know I, I cannot just you know I. I I step on it every time I I go on Twitter, TikTok, or or Instagram. Sorry for the promotion, but mm-hmm. um, you know somebody's reposting it, and uh, uh, I don't know. It's it's just it's just there. It's it's really not about me. I mean, I'm I'm glad it happened. Um, 
And I'm just very, very glad for for Messi and the Argentine national team. Yeah, and you do someone find that these commentators have they've got they have a rehearsed moment, they have a moment, they have a line they want to say, but it's pretty clear you're completely lost in the moment there. I, I am. I I did a lot of interviews uh, before the World Cup final, and I told everyone uh, I never script a single line. Neither do I think about it because I want to live the moment. And I want to be as spontaneous as I can. I mean, uh, if I have poetry in me, so be it. Uh, but yesterday, uh, not only that, but I, I had little left in the tank, really, after I think I've called 29 matches in this World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really exhausted. And, and again, the roller coaster of emotions was just uh, too much. So, you know, whatever came out, came out. And I'm glad that I made... Um, people feel, or at least, you know, Hispanics in the U.S. and mainly my fellow compatriots uh, feel the same thing that I felt in the moment Montiel's kick went in. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. One of the features of this World Cup, when oh, yeah. they cut to crowd scenes, yeah. been people from all nations carrying replicas of uh, the World Cup trophy. Mm. What are they made out of? I mean, do you know? Are they sort of... The one I've got is is gold metal. So, yeah. I, I mean, it's not gold. So you can't get in most football grounds with a sort of plastic bottle top with your water. So how are you going to get in with a solid chunk of... Ceramic know. or metal or something like that. I mean, do, do you get a free pass for that? I don't know. I mean, I they're, no they're clearly idea. not inflatable, are they? No, they're not like you could so. do some damage. That's true. If you want to throw it at somebody. But anyway, just a 
Hopefully that's never happened. Let's I don't hope think anyone's been brained by the FA, by the <laughs> World Cup. What a way to go. <laughs> oh, and uh, German pet seller who came on for McAllister yesterday. I got a hamster and a budgie from him last year in Berlin. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Blimey. It's a great name, I bet you it? can't wait till it's his birthday. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> German <laughs> pet seller. That was his name. Yeah. I don't make it up. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Roy Keane's moustache has caused uh, quite a well, we, stir. We got a, we got a bit of a preview of that, didn't we, on Friday? Because mm. we spoke to Nigel Adley fresh from the game they'd played. And we said to Nigel, because they played TalkSport ITV, and we said, Roy, shave his beard off. He got a bit Frank Zappa. He's got that little mm. tufty bit, hasn't he? Just <laughs> he, under his bottom he did, lip. He, did. he kept that. Bit of a style counsellor. Uh, fans said he looked like KFC's Colonel Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> Has he been mocked up in a white suit? <laughs> he hasn't. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm sure someone's out there doing an 11 herbs and spices, mm. Roy railing against that. Why 11? Why do you have to make it so complicated? It would be I definitely. Know, yeah, it's true, really. I, I don't know. I'll ask him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you Roy. ask him. I know you, you <laughs> ask Roy. And uh, of course, it was the uh, it was the final of uh, Strictly on Saturday. It was very exciting. And uh, if you like that sort of thing, well, I didn't watch. Uh, oh, you no, know. It, was, it was good. Uh, they I could voted. have a third and fourth play playoff for the um, for <laughs> Strictly. They should have done it. Would be good. But <laughs> would I be voted nice. online with my wife, and we voted. We gave Hamza twelve votes because you could give multiple votes online wow. for free. Is this a scandal of some kind? Well, I think not? it is a little bit, and. Yeah. Uh, and then we did it quite early in the competition, and then I, afterwards I thought, I don't know why I did that. He was the worst answer on the night. He shouldn't have won it, really. Okay, but you seem to give more thought to this than the World Cup <laughs> final. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've been forced to. And, uh, and what about, we should maybe introduce the third and fourth place. place <laughs> did you watch it? What, the third and fourth? I did, actually, yeah. funnily enough. Yeah. I didn't make any notes, but I did watch the game. I think I watched the... Have I got it? Yeah, no, I didn't make any notes. You didn't make it, you just no. watched it as a fan, just did you? Just watched it, yeah. I watched highlights when I got in. I've got to be honest. It wasn't, it wasn't a bad game, actually, yeah. considering. I didn't watch all I think I watched the second Croatia clearly meant... I mean, are there other things we should have a third and fourth place playoff uh, for? I mean, the, you know, I don't know. You know, look, it meant something the for The masked singer. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that's on telly. Everything. Everything that actually goes to a that's final. a really good idea. The Apprentice. <laughs> Everything that's on the box, we've got to have a third and fourth place uh, for. I mean, it's interesting hearing Paul Parker say to us the mm. other day that he, he loved it and wanted to play in it because the feeling is, as a fan, you can't be bothered, can you, really? I mean, I was, you know, you think, oh, really, I can't get excited about that. So. Yeah. Did you read about super fan Dennis Pope? Uh, you're uh, going to have to give me more than that. Okay. He's an England fan. He yeah. basically had a, a tattoo in 2018 that said, England World Cup winners 2018. Mm. So then he had to have that changed before the tournament and he had it inked. Uh, with 2022, and then now he's going to have to do that and get rid of that as well. Oh dear! So he's going in the end. I don't know how long it's going to be before we actually win it, but it would be, it would be good, wouldn't it? it? Would be nice, really. Guy on Twitter was showing off his uh, betting slip for the World Cup. He had mm -hmm. uh, 38 pounds. I think that's what he had in the accounts. A bit of random number. 38 pounds on Argentina to win the World Cup. And it was at 28 to 1. I thought, blimey, that was good odds. Very good odds. That's a bookie. Um, <clears throat> the trouble is the guy has now realised, and we've realised with him, that he mistakenly bet on the Rugby World Cup. 
38 quid. Really on Argentina to win the Rugby World Cup, which is probably why he got 28 to 1. Surely that would have been a bit of a red flag at that point, thinking, oh, that's, well, that's a, a very generous Tremendous bookmaker. Odds, but yeah. Really. <laughs> so he's probably gone to say, right, I'll get my winnings. He thought he was on to 1,064 quid. Be amazing if Maybe actually... he still will be. If yeah, they, can what are the chances? They're not going to win them. What are the Rugby odds? World I was going to say, what are the odds in Argentina winning the World Cup? Well, mm. we know, don't we? 28 to 1. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yes. Glenn Hoddle. Oh, yeah, well. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is a strange one from Brian and. Pontifract, who writes <gasps> the Daily Star. Brian, you... Ponti- Brian in Pontifract yeah, or Brian, Brian Pontifract? No, Brian Pontif- Brian in Pontifract. Oh, right. <laughs> Not Brian Pontifract. Brian from... Pontifract from Pontifract. Okay. <laughs> Glenn Hoddle said, uh, debatably, Argentina would run over their own grandmother to win. Uh, disputed worker problems, ambassadorial roles. <laughs> it's, 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 it Sorry, no you're sense. doing one of Alan's stories, aren't you? It's been nevertheless first class with BBC ITV for all in hard times. Other issues aside, it's credit where due to a first class Qatar World Cup. Thank you, full stop, all full stop. <laughs> Do they not have a sub on their letters they page? <laughs> they just publish anything, won't they? Anything. Clear. And, well, that's because you'll read it out. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They know. The Hawksby and Jacob Daily podcast from Talk Sport. Oh, what a lovely Christmas it's been. A new year is waiting in the wings. Oh, what a lovely Christmas it's been. Now let's enjoy this time in between. And what a lovely Christmas it's been. The new year will soon be on the scene. Oh, what a lovely Christmas it's been. Now let's enjoy this time in Yes, it's the first ever Christmas song not written about Christmas pre-Christmas, but about a bit between Christmas and New Year. <laughs> it's a good point. Uh, it's by Turk E. Curry and uh, Leon Vocals there. His uh, impressionist John Coleshaw. Hi, John. <laughs> it's such a, a parallel world talking in pop star terms. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's true. No mm. one's ever written a song about the time in between, have they? Really? No, exactly. It's such a specific time. I remember way back. I used to uh, cover overnight radio, the graveyard shift, two till six, mm. when I was nineteen, and all the Christmas records ran up to Christmas. All the Slades, all the Wizards, all the Shaking Stevens Band Aid, and then sort of Boxing Day lunchtime onwards. There was nothing to get you through this miniature little week of. Yeah. Uh, the special time between Christmas and New Year because it's quite a specific thing Mm. Um, and I thought one of these days I'll invent one (laughs) and eventually in lockdown year I, I did and here it is it's and quite a relaxed time, though, isn't it? I, I love this time because it's such a mad build-up to Christmas. Everybody goes through this, getting the presents and getting everything and the food and getting it all done and on the day. And once it's all over, there is a kind of nice... And you know you haven't got work for a week. It's quite a nice period. Well, that's not true of everybody, of course. No, <laughs> in, in general. Yes, OK. Some people do take that as holiday, yes, of course. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But if, if you can get that time to reflect a little bit, enjoy the sport, enjoy the darts and the football and people queuing up shopping and this is a news item, Yeah, it is quite a specific time and I thought this is a this is a wasteland of a week this it needs a tune writing about it <laughs> and so uh, who's the band who did you put together musically for this 
Well, the, the, the video is us. We are sort of three Thunderbird puppets, a cross between Thunderbirds and Coronation Street ah. in the video. <laughs> uh, and it's a mate of mine, Michael Bannister, who used to perform with Texas, oh, right. amongst many others. He sort of, he put the music together. I, I sang it into a voice note on the phone, emailed it to him, and then the next day he said, right, OK, I've put the track together, have a quick listen, you know. Uh, and I thought, good heavens, this sounds like, a, this sort of sounds like a proper track, this does. <laughs> <laughs> and Turkey Curry, of course, is a favourite thing for people to make isn't it in that in that, in that week in that of particular course, week yeah, of that's what we all have yes exactly so where can we we can just wherever we get our music it, it will exactly. be there yes in the, the spotify's and all this sort of thing all those modern terms right. that's where yeah and you get any chances to perform it live well I'm, I'm not really that sort of character i think i'll leave that to the video i'll leave that to the cross between thunderbirds and coronation street yeah. video i imagine excellent well people should go and check it out uh, this time in between uh, by turk e curry um you've also been uh, touring a show about uh, Les Dawson, haven't oh, you? Yes, yeah, like a one-man mm. show. How did how did all that come about? I've I've always been a great great fan of Les. I, I love the style of his his comedy. Our, our greatest droll comedian. Mm. Oh, this lovely voice is very comforting. <laughs> it's it's not one of those voices that's um that's very raspy. It's it's like a velvet hug when you take on Les Dawson's voice. <laughs> and the way that uh, all the gags would mount together, a little mosaic piece forming a wider story. And then the punchline would hit you like a great pie in the face. <laughs> uh, but always written with love, always written with a surreal imagination and yeah. sense of humour. And he, he crossed over into thinking person's territory, did Les, and he's yeah. still admired in that way today. Well, that's the thing, because people, if they mm. watch old footage and they really know him, they hear my wife and my mother-in-law, they think, but when you actually watch his stuff, it was really out there at times. The real flights of fancy mm. and quite, quite mad stuff that he would get into. Yes, his imagination took him mm. to so many places. My favourite one of them all is, uh, as I gazed up to observe the majesty of the night sky, a purple vault fretted with a myriad points of light as the stars glistened, just like diamonds cast across black velvet, with Jupiter, Mars and Saturn forever festooned in their orbital majesty. As I gazed up to observe this majestic sight, I thought to myself, you know, I really must put a roof on this lavatory. <laughs> well, that's classic, Les. <laughs> and the Sissy and Ada sketches with Roy Barraclough were, mm. were just genius, weren't they? Oh, yes, yes, Roy Barraclough would be there. You know, the good quality knitwear, putting his, putting his phone voice on. Oh, dear love, oh, Ada love. Oh, you can't be so indecorous. You can't be, you can't be. <laughs> They reminded me of my mum and my aunties, you know. We were asking you about the piano playing because that was a big thing. This sort of because he, you had to be a decent piano player to subvert it the way he did. Oh, exactly, exactly. Les was a fine, fine pianist, rated by Rick Wakeman and people yeah. of that ilk. Mm. And he would describe it. It's very important. You've got to play the correct wrong notes, yeah. not just the <laughs> wrong notes. That's yeah. true. That's yeah. just going to give people a headache. You've got to play a certain couple of bars correctly and then go into the wrong ones, and then that gives you that gives you the flavour. You see, that gives yeah. you the flavour. And you were saying to yourself here yeah, that the family enjoyed it. Yes, in, indeed, indeed. Um, um, Les's wife, Tracy, let me borrow his, his rings and his watches, his oh, jewellery. Wow. Really? They were big. Wow. Some of them were heavy. It was like weightlifting, trying to lift <laughs> your hands up. And and, and Charlotte, uh, he, he Les passed away when she was only eight months old. Mm. So um, it's it, it must be very, very difficult for her. And it was quite surreal knowing she was in the audience. But, yeah. Uh, 
but she lived, she loved it. She was full of appreciation. And you finished the run mm. now, but hopefully you're going to do some more in the new year. So yes, that would be a lovely thing to revisit. Yes, yeah. to, uh, there's plenty more theatres to do, and um, yes, more more next year. Did you hopefully. write the show as well? I came up with the idea. It, it was written by a fabulous writer called Tim Whitnell, mm-hmm. who's terrific at these sort of um, you know a biopic type shows. Yeah. He wrote one about Eric Morecambe that Bob Golding played. Oh yes, oh, I've yeah, 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 Bob's been in talk yeah. about that. Yes, yeah, I remember yes. when he did that? It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah so uh, that was that was down to Tim, and um, yeah, we came up with some ideas to to pepper it with. And you got Debringer's Christmas specials as well. Yes, right? exactly, exactly. Yeah. We're Any, on those. decade it says here. It's true. Isn't it? it started in two thousand. Yes, exactly. I th- it's amazing. It's twenty three years uh, in January that yeah. uh, that we've been going. So many characters coming and going. Have you had to add some new ones to the repertoire this year, John? Is there um, some Yes, in- indeed. We've got, um, let's see, I've, Rishi, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Jan Ravens is missing uh, Liz Truss. Oh, yeah. Her <laughs> passing on with oh, that yeah. great, I know, catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. that came up with. But Rishi has this way, he's sort of like a more syrupy Tony Blair. I will do whatever it takes. I will do everything in my power to serve you. Trust is earned and I will earn your trust. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> good. Uh, on on the on the football front, we've been watching the World Cup. Is there, is there any? Oh that, yes. Yeah, any yes, we've had um, we, on, on Dead Ringers. You know, we've got Gary Lineker sort of p- giving his views and, and that kind of thing. W- watching many of the um, interviews with, you know, with Gareth Southgate afterwards, a very concentrated set of eyebrows he has, a, a great, thoughtful fellow. And I always think of how, um, I think Bobby Robson would have been so full of praise for him. Yeah. I really do. You know, he's a very, very thinking player. He was always a very thinking player. And I think as a manager, he's bringing that great tactical awareness and it's not the time for him to go. It's not the time for him to walk away. Right? There's a lot more to do. You would, you would not walk good. away getting the team to where he's got them. So, good player, great coach. <laughs> well, that's that's fantastic. That's very good. Are you, uh, are you a big football fan, John? Do you? Uh... Uh, I, yes, I sort of keep a general observation on it. Yeah. But it's not my sort of um, field of expertise. I always love the uh, you know the the nineties boxers. Oh yeah, oh, so yeah. many full of so many characters there. Yeah. Always, uh, you know, always Frank because you know the depth, <laughs> the depth that you got to go there. And he's a very, you know, philosophical fellow these days. You know, very philosophical man. <laughs> and hey, you know, I like the way that people are coming to Lennox now because oh boy, hey, Tyson Fury, man, I, I, I don't think he fights AJ just yet. I think it's got to be Usyk. But you know, as <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, have you have you attempted Tyson Fury, John? Have you? Have you gone down that? It's, it's one that I'm, I'm starting to I'm starting to learn, and yeah. I love the way look, you know, I, lo- I love the way he gives he gives a very British insults yeah. to American opposition. That fellow's a dosser. Yeah, Deontay is a dosser. They must be looking up at times. They must be saying, "What was he saying to me in the press conference?" I'm a what? Was that what a dosser? Yeah, I don't know what a dosser is, but if that's good, then I'm it. Yeah, we're saying it, and his dad sounds just like him. It's staggering. Never have two people. Sounded so alike. Exactly. I think father and son. It's quite amazing. Precisely. I was watching uh, Al Foran doing uh, doing his uh, Tyson Fury, yeah. and the, he he went from Tyson to to uh, to, to his dad, and yeah. the pitch shift. It was like changing gear. <laughs> like that. So there's a, there is a subtle difference. Is there? It's just that maybe. Yes, I think uh, a Tyson Senior. Maybe his voice it's matured a little bit, like a like a fine old whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's similar with um, with Chris Eubank and Eubank Junior. Oh. 
Okay. Uh, the, the, they're in the same sort of timbre, the same sort of wavelength. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, Chris Senior, as we know, um, <laughs> I, I think this is a very good fight to take because <laughs> because the box are always well. No, it, it's evident. It's evident. And Eubank Junior, he's he's the next sort of tone along a little bit more, a little bit more. <laughs> The the, the 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 keynotes and the tones are there, but it's in a just in a, a more relaxed way, yeah. quite less sort of pointed, if you if you like. When you're doing impressions of boxers, uh, because uh, Terry Alderson, you'll know Terry, yes. that's a fine Nigel Ben. And, oh uh, yes, absolutely. You know, I, we, you see, we always notice different things about people. You know, his, you know his his Nigel's different to mine, and you, you know, you always have to find that that wavelength in there that's in there. You know, <laughs> but Terry said he. Won- once did it at some <laughs> boxing dinner and he did it uh, to Nigel and he didn't like it too much. No, <laughs> he gave him a would. playful dig in the ribs that oh. didn't actually feel that playful. So, I mean, I just wonder, wow. when you're doing impressions in front of people, I suppose there's always an element of risk to it, isn't there? Well, you'd never quite know how they're going to take mm. it. This this did happen with uh, with Eubank once. Uh, I was in a hotel reception and uh, and he, he saw me and he started to walk towards me in a, in a purposeful manner. <laughs> And I thought, I'm in trouble here. You know, maybe he's seen or heard a sketch and he hasn't liked it. And now he's striding towards me. And he comes like, strong handshake. <laughs> like having your hand driven over by a four by four. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Chris Eubank handshake. And he says, yes, I, I've, ser- I've seen the impersonation, but it's, it's not quite right. You, the lisp you use is slightly too great. It's too great because my teeth have been fixed and the lisp has become a whistle. Yeah. So, okay. uh, yeah. That's true. He did. He did slightly uh, change, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. But he's he's such a great character, such poise, and this this distinction and for, for impersonators, just irresistible. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, John, lovely to see you as always. Thank you for having me. Lovely to call, call back in. And yes. um, and we hmm. do wish you well with Turkey Curry. People can go and uh, check it out uh, this time in between. And uh, yeah, say no one's ever written a song for that uh, that that period. And uh, are you working over Christmas, or have you got some time off now? Yes, we've got uh, we've got a, a couple more Dead Ringers episodes yeah. to do. And I think we should have uh, the Alan Bennett version of Talk Sports, where you have <laughs> sports that I like, like gin rummy and drafts. <laughs> that would be great, wouldn't it? A sort of post-World Cup final phone-in with Alan Bennett. <laughs> yes, really nice sports. Different like, uh, pace to it. That yes, cribbage, uh, nice things one. like that. podcast. That's not the phrase I was going to use. It was uh, a different one, but I can't use that here. No. So, um, I'm back with Perry Groves tomorrow. He's joining me for a bit of a one-off chat. Charlie can't make it. And Andy will be back on Wednesday. Do hope you can join us then. If not, the podcast will be available at around four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.